I want to continue our study that we began a while ago and, and talk about First Peter. We're going to continue our study there. We've had a, a few weeks of, um, of interruptions to that. Uh, I was gone a couple weeks, and uh, Rip did a great job preaching a couple weeks. Last week we had a, a different kind of message as well. Uh, but I want to go back and, and catch up to where we were in First Peter. And um, we're going to talk about submission today. And that would be the thing that would be the next step. In fact, we're going to find out that submission really is the theme of the whole Bible. Submission is the beginning and the end of the whole Bible. Without submission, we really cannot be Christian people. If we were to summarize it, to be a follower of Jesus, to be a true follower of Jesus, would be a true follower of his Father in heaven, we would have to be submissive. A good definition of submission, let's break the word into two words. We've talked about this before, a few weeks ago. Break the word submission down into two words. Submission. Submission. Sub meaning to come under, like a submarine. We're coming under coming under something. Mission means assigned task or a calling. So to be in submission means that we are to come under the assigned task or the calling of the one to whom we're submitting. So we're coming under the submission of another person or of another power or of another entity. Chapter 2 of First Peter ended with the example of Jesus' pure submission to the Father, even unto death. And it was only because man had unsubmitted earlier that Jesus had to resubmit himself or come under submission. The consequences, the consequences of failed submission are horrific. The consequences of not submitting to God, if it's not dealt with, is horrific. And it's only because that rebellion happened in two people so many years ago that gave the legal right to the enemy to this world. Remember, when God made the world, he created it for man to enjoy. He created it for mankind to be there forever and ever in perfect peace, perfect tranquility, under perfect submission, and a perfect relationship between man and God. And it was created to be that way. And it was only because those two people unsubmitted themselves to God and they then legally gave the rights to this world to the enemy. Mankind's rebellion, which is by definition a lack of submission, is the reason that Jesus had to come and give up his divinity and to take on the form of mankind in total submission to his Father. But, you know, that wasn't enough. Just that fact in itself, the fact that Jesus would leave heaven and come down and take on the form of mankind, even though that was totally submissive, it wasn't enough. He had to be wrongly accused, embarrassed, abused, rejected, scorned, beaten by his own creation, and ultimately to hang on a cross and die 
all because of man's rebellion, all because of man's unsubmission or lack of submission. That lack of submission caused a gulf that separated mankind from God. And the only way to cross that big chasm or chasm, however you say that word, or that big gulf, is to have a mediator that would, co- that, would, that would allow us to cross from the sinful state nature of man to the holiness of God, and that had to be Jesus. And Jesus came, and he submitted himself to the will of his Father. He submitted himself to death as the example and as the payment for our sin. We read that in 1 Peter chapter 2 as we ended last time we read in this chapter. Turn with me in your Bible or turn on the screen. You can look, but if you've got a Bible, it's great to read your Bible. Open it up and read along and mark it up. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21. To this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. Who committed no sin? Jesus committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth. Who, when he was reviled, did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten. But he committed, or he submitted himself to him who judges righteously, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. That is a, a, a perfect example of 100% submission. And as we've been talking about in our service, God is a God of completeness. God is not a God in any way, shape, or form lacking anything. When Jesus came, he didn't come with partial submission. He didn't come with a half-hearted attitude towards doing his Father's will. He came totally submitted, totally committed, totally willing to give up all to complete the will of his Father. And then in verse, we just read it, that Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example. That example that Jesus left us is how we are then to live a life fully committed, fully submitted to him. Not half foot in the world and half foot in the, in the, in the church. Not to play the game of Christianity, but to fully commit and fully submit. That is how, that is the basis for all of Scripture. And if we think it anything less, then we're not reading it right. And we're confusing ourselves and we're deceiving ourselves. So with that as an example, we still find ourselves in the battle in our lives to fully submit. Now, be honest with yourself. Do you find that to be a battle? And then we think somehow, or in the world thinks somehow, that God is going to be okay with those that are not fully submitted, not fully committed, that he's going to be okay with us in the end, and somehow he's going to welcome us into heaven to stand alongside Jesus, who was our example, and had to pay the ultimate sacrifice of submission, but yet we didn't, and we think we're going to be approved. Do you see how twisted we are? Do you see how the Satan plays the game? Well, somehow he can get us to think that, you know what? It was okay for Jesus, but we don't have to go that far. Well, it's time that we wake up, church. It's time that we wake up as a society and see that God is true to his words, and he is not a God of compromise. If we could really get this in our, in our mind this morning that because man failed in the area of 
submission and remaining submitted that Jesus had to bear the unbearable as a payment for our sin. If I could grasp that, it would help me when I'm at that moment of decision, when that temptation comes for me to give in to something or to be lack of submitting myself for something, if I could only get that picture of Jesus hanging on the cross for me because I cannot do it on my own. I cannot allow myself to go down that path of lack of submission and expect them to be, ex- to be received in eternally with him when he was fully submitted. You have to understand that. See, somebody said at some point in time, and I'm not so sure where we get this. We talked a little bit about it in Sunday school this morning, that it's easy to live the Christian life. Where does that come from? Where does it say that it's easy to live for Jesus? Yeah, it's a false teaching. It's a false preaching. Now, get, don't, don't misunderstand what I'm saying here. I'm not trying to make it a, a, a life of works and make it so difficult, but we, if we go down the path that once we're saved, it's an easy life of satisfying the requirements of submission, you're on a dangerous path here. Because I don't see that in Scripture anywhere where it says that it's going to be easy. It's going to be worthwhile. It's going to be fulfilling. But it's going to be hard work. <laughs> Let me add a little, long, a little levity here. Um, talking about hard work, um, I mentioned this in Sunday school too. We were down over Christmas holidays down at my daughter's house and we have, they have some children and my oldest granddaughter's five. Her name is Joelle. And she's got a three-year-old daughter, or a sister, and a one-year-old little brother. And uh, Joelle loves fixer-upper. And she loves to be, you know, she, she sees all that show, and she sees all the stuff that they do. And so we're going to do a little fixer-upper project in their house, and we're moving furniture and do all, doing all this stuff. Well, when you know when you move furniture, there's a lot of stuff under the furniture that's got to be cleaned up, right? So we're all cleaning up the stuff, and Mike is helping and everything else. And so we said, Joelle, come on and help us clean up the floor. And she goes, no. No, I, I just want to be the boss. <laughs> I, I just want to be the boss and tell everybody else what to do. So in her little life here, she could decide that life was going to be easy and everybody else is going to do the work. <laughs> well, that's kind of the way the devil has got us thinking about salvation, that it's just going to be easy and we're just going to be the boss of our life and we're just going to be able to boss everybody else around, and, and, but yet we can do what we want to do because we just want to be the boss. Well, I've got to tell you, that is not in godly submission. There is no such thing as me or you being the boss if I'm going to be submitted to Christ. I have to recognize that if I'm going to be surrendered, submitted, committed, under full submission, I have to give up bosshood and take up servanthood because that's exactly what Jesus did. He gave up the, his right to be the boss and he took up servanthood so that he could be the perfect example for us to follow and therefore be the perfect sacrifice for the price of our sin. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. You know, something else that Jesus proved to us was that there is a continuous act of submission. It wasn't enough for Jesus to just leave heaven 
as an act of submission and then come down on this earth and then live a life that he wanted to live so that he could have a good life down here. It wasn't enough. He had to stay in a continuous lifestyle of submission if he was going to be the perfect sacrifice for us. That's the same thing for us. Our eternal salvation is not based on a one-time submission to God. And then we can live our life the way we want to live our life because one time we submitted to him, therefore I have submitted and now I can recommit my life and I can be the boss again. Again, where do we see that? That is not in Scripture. It is a man-made falsehood to think that I can submit my life one time and then move on and live the way I want to live. Submission is the theme of the Bible. Submission is the key to our salvation. If I don't remain committed to submission, then I am not going to maintain my salvation. Now, there could be a lot of discussion. I know there is a once-saved mentality. And you know what? And here's the way to deal with this. Here's the way to stop that argument, and that is just live for Jesus. Then you don't worry about it. If I live for Jesus fully committed, then I don't care if you want to believe in all, once saved, always saved, that's fine. You can believe in all you want. Just live for Jesus. Just live for him totally 100%, committed to him, submission to him, and you can say that and you can believe that because your life will bear it out. But if you say, I'm going to commit my life one time, and then I'm going to go back and do what I want to do and live the life I want to live, I will show you in Scripture here that that's not true because that's not how Jesus lived. John chapter 14, verses 15 through 24. John chapter 14, this is how you know if you are submitted to Christ. Jesus is talking, and he says, If you love me, obey me. all we need to say, quite honestly. But Jesus gave us much more. If you love me, then obey me. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another comforter, and he will never leave you. So what Jesus is going to tell us right now is that it's, it's, we are not able to obey him on our own. So what does he do? He's going to send us a comforter. He's going to send us an advocate. He's going to send us someone to help us in our obedience. This is why we need to have the Holy Spirit. This is why we need to have him in us and filled up within us. And I believe from a Pentecostal perspective, baptized in the Holy Spirit, full of the Holy Spirit, that I use him, I, I, I enjoy him, I spe- let him speak through me on a regular basis in a language that I don't understand, and I fully submerse myself in the Holy Spirit, and then I allow him to give me the power to obey Christ. Because I cannot do this on my own. How many of us have tried only to fail miserably. We cannot. So then Jesus goes on. He says, I will give you the comforter. He will never leave you. Verse 17, he is the Holy Spirit, the Spirit who leads into all truth. The world at large cannot receive him, for it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him, but you do, for he lives with you now and someday shall be in you. Interesting here. Jesus is talking to the disciples. The Holy Spirit is with them now. They haven't received really salvation yet necessarily because Jesus hasn't breathed on them yet, which was when the Holy Spirit enters them. But then on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit baptizes them and truly gives them the power 
to live an obedient lifestyle. Oh, there's a lot there. And some days shall be in you. No, I will not abandon you or leave you as orphans in the storm. I will come to you. I will come to you. In just a little while, I will be gone from the world, but I will still be present with you, for I will live again, and you will too. When I come back to life again, you will know that I am in the Father, and you in me, and I in you. Here it is, verse 21 again. The one who obeys me is the one who loves me. And because he loves me, my Father will love him, and I will too, and I will reveal myself to him. See the theme here of submission? You love me, you obey me. Continues. Judas, verse 22, Judas, not Judas Iscariot, but the other disciple with that name, said to him, Sir, why are you going to reveal yourself only to us disciples and not to the world at large? Jesus replied, Because I will only reveal myself to those who love me and obey me. The Father will love them too, and we will come to them and live with them. Anyone who doesn't obey me doesn't love me. And remember, I am not making up this answer to your question. It is the answer given by the Father who sent me. Good question. If I'm struggling obeying Jesus, if I'm struggling obeying God, then here's a good time to test your love for God. Am I truly a follower of Jesus? If I'm struggling with obedience, then you need to go to your heart and say, heart, who are you following? Who are you following? To obey Christ is, is to submit to Christ. Our Christianity is based on our obedient submission. So as we continue in this study, can we truly listen to the word of God and put this into action? That's the challenge. Can we do this? You see, here's the thing you have to recognize about God as well. Everything that he is asking of us to be obedient to is for our good. He would never ask you to be obedient to something that's going to harm you. So you can trust him. You can say, Father, I'm going to trust you because whatever you ask me to be obedient to is ultimately going to make me stronger, a better person, healthier, live a longer life, be more fulfilled, without regrets. He's never going to ask you to do anything that's going to harm you. Only the devil will bring a fear to you that when you give in to Jesus and when you fully submit that you're giving up your life of happiness, that you're giving up your life of fun. That's the devil's lie. But when I fully submit unto God and I truly trust him and say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to trust you so that if you ask me to do something, I'm going to do it and I'm going to believe and trust that it's for my benefit. That's a truth that you can take to the bank and you can stand on that because God will never give you anything that is not for your good as you trust him. So let's go to chapter 3. And this is where we're talking about now. Submission is a continuous process, but it starts in the home. Now we're going to get into some real work. 1 Peter chapter 3, starting at verse 1. Wives, in the same way, submit yourselves to your own husbands, so that if any one of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives. When they see the purity and reverence of your lives, 
Your beauty should not come from outward adornments such as elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes. Rather, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. For this is the way the holy women of the past who put their hope in God used to adorn themselves. They submitted themselves to their own husbands, like Sarah, who obeyed Abraham and called him her Lord. You are her daughters if you do what is right and do not give way to fear. Now, there is a lot we could go into to talk about the standards of the day and why Peter was addressing the women this way. And I don't want to go there. It's, it's, it's really interesting, but it's not as relevant as where we're going to go. So I don't want to go. This is not a history lesson. You can go online and find a lot of good history lessons, and that's interesting stuff. But I want to talk more about what this means for us today. So let's jump right into verse 7. Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as their weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. Yeah. Submission begins in the home between husbands and wives and how we are to be submissive to each other it's for the main purpose of having and maintaining a proper relationship with God. When I don't submit to my wife and my wife doesn't submit to me, guess what? It puts me out of relationship with God. It's that important that I have to have a proper relationship with my wife and she has to have a proper relationship with me. We can spend a lot of time here and make this one huge marriage counseling session if we would like to but I'm not so sure I'm going to do that. <laughs> we're not going to do that this morning, but what we're going to say is that we are, into, we are to be submissive. And verse 1 starts off and says, in the same way, submit. In the same way as what? Well, Peter is saying that wives, in the same way, and he also says to husbands, in the same way, in the same way, you have to go back to chapter 2, in the same way that slaves submit to their masters, in the same way that Jesus submitted unto his Father in heaven and then ultimately unto, unto death, we are to submit to each other in the same way. As hard as it is to do sometimes, as hard as it is to submit to your spouse, we are to submit our wills and our desires. It's a requirement, not a suggestion. Hard. Who said it was easy to live for Jesus? <laughs> but I'll tell you what, when I can submit to my wife and my wife can submit to me, we're going to have a better relationship. It's not going to be harder. It's going to be better at the end. It may be, it may be hard for my ego. It may be difficult for me to do that. But our whole Christian life is, is designed around submission. It's all designed around submitting to God and then to others. It's the biblical mandate of what it means to be a Christian. I cannot be a rebellious Christian. It's awful quiet in here. We cannot be rebellious and be a Christian. I will tell you that, that by definition of God's word, if you're rebelling, then you're not truly following a submissive role of Christ. See, and when, 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 when we do this, when we get this right, when we make our number one priority of our life to be submissive, then we have great promises 
We have great authority. We have great potential. We then can read Matthew chapter 6.33 with integrity and we can say, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Not partial, all. See, God is a God of completeness. God wants complete submission and with complete submission, he'll give you all things. He doesn't require complete submission and then only give you half. Or he doesn't require half submission so he can give you all. He requires complete submission, seek him first, and then he will give you all these other things as you maintain a lifestyle of submission. It's as we seek and submit to God's purposes in everything, in our families, in our church, in our homes, in our jobs, in our schooling, in our social relationships, in our social media, everything. When I give it to him in all aspects, I then can be assured of his completeness coming back. So with this said, why is submitting to others such a problem? Why? Because it's hard for a man to submit to another man. It's a blow to our ego. We have one. And when we start thinking about submission in the wrong way, it really impacts our ego. And maybe that's the problem is our definition of submission is, the, is, is that we're buying into the enemy's definition of submission. Because the devil has a definition of submission too. And his definition of submission basically says you have to give up your right to be you. And when you submit to God or your wife or your husband, then you are giving up your identity to be you, and that is not biblical either. You have every right to be who you are in a submissive role to the Lord and let all your gifts and all your natural strengths and all your abilities rise and shine and be used of God, but in a submissive, humble way. The devil will lie to you and he'll say, well, when you submit, you give it all up. No, you don't give it all up. What happens is you become alive. You become new. You become more powerful in your submission. See, the enemy fights our submission because with that improper viewpoint, he has the ability to keep an upper hand on us because he keeps his finger on us because we're unsubmissive and we're afraid to submit because we're afraid we're going to lose something. That's fear. We don't live in a spirit of fear because God doesn't give us a spirit of fear. We have the impression, the world has the impression that if I'm going to submit to you, then I'm giving up my viewpoints and I'm just going to become a little you. Well, I don't want to be a little you. No more than you want to be a little me. <laughs> and that's, we don't, we're not talking about that. Submission isn't giving up our rights to be ourselves and to be somebody's puppet. Submission is not giving up your ability to make your own decisions and actions. No, it's not. You still have that right, but what we're doing is that we're submitting under God's viewpoint. And we're, making, we're taking His cue. We're listening to Him. We're doing exactly what Jesus did. Jesus is the perfect example of, of, of how he submitted, meaning that coming under the mission of his Father. John chapter 5, verses 19 and 20. John chapter 5, verses 19 and 20. Jesus gave them this answer. 
Very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his father doing, because whatever the father does, the son does also. For the father loves the son and shows him all he does. 100% submission. But yet Jesus was a very strong, independent man. Fully submitted to his father. And we have a hard time understanding that concept. We think when we submit to God, we become wimps. That we become something that the world can kick around. It's not true. We have strength. We have the ability to stand up in dark times. We have the ability to be the light on a hill when we submit to Christ. We can stand against temptation. We can stand against the tide of this world. We don't have to go along their path of compromise. When I submit, I'm strong. I'm not weak. Jesus still had his personality. He still had all his unique gifts. Yet he purposefully and willingly followed the will of his Father in heaven over his own will. That is what submission to God is all about. Matthew chapter 26, 39, the most famous passage that proved Jesus fully submitting to his Father. Matthew 26, 39, this is in the Garden of Gethsemane the night of his betrayal, he went forward a little and fell face down on the ground and prayed, Father, my Father, if it is possible, let this cup be taken away from me. But I want your will, not mine. Strong man. A strong man that could bear the sins of the world that could bear my sin and your sin on the cross. And he said, not my will, Father, but your will be done. Full submission, and he completed the assignment. Full submission, and he completed the task. He completed the calling that was on his life because he was fully submitted to it. Spiritually speaking, as we submit to Christ... We're giving up our rights to our will just as Jesus gave up his rights to his will. What are these rights? The rights that Jesus gave up was to live the way he wanted to live. Jesus didn't want to die. Jesus didn't want to be separated from his father. Let's recognize the fact. That was not a pleasant thing to look forward to. It was not easy for Jesus to be Jesus. But yet, he said, not my will, Father, but your will be done. That is perfect submission. Our rights are the same. That we are to submit to our spouses as we are acting on the spiritual principle that we are giving our, up our rights and rather we are going to take up the attitude of servant to serve them so that we can have a spiritual connection with God and a spiritual point that we can learn that God is wanting us to be more than ourselves. He's wanting to think of more than just ourselves. He wants to think of our wives and our spouses and our friends and our church and our people that we serve as better than us. Hard to do. I get it. I get it. It really comes down to how much we love each other so that we don't hinder our own or each other's relationship with the, with the Lord. Women, Submit yourselves to your husbands so that they will see a godly influence 
if they aren't serving God as on their own, that your godly influence by your submission will help lead them to Jesus. That's what a godly woman does. That's what godly submission is in a woman, is that if you're living with an unbelieving husband, that your obedient, your submission is going to lead them to Jesus. Men, you submit to your wives so that nothing will hinder your prayers. <laughs> That's pretty big right there. That nothing will hinder your prayers. Battling spouses, listen, battling spouses that are resistant to submitting to each other are playing in the hand of the enemy. Because he's doing everything he can to destroy your marriage. He's doing everything he can to destroy your relationship with each other and also with God. Having a proud, rebellious, and a non-submissive attitude towards each other is a death blow to your marriage and a death blow to your spiritual life. Parents, if you want to have a spiritually effective relationship and a family, it starts with the act of submitting first to God, then to your parents, or then to your spouses, and let your children see that. Let your children see how you submit to each other. You see, God's principles are designed to be applied one principle on another. If we aren't listening, obeying, and applying them together like that, then we're only asking for a life of frustration and all kinds of self-inflicted problems. We wonder why we have problems sometimes, so maybe we should just go back and look at our life choices. What have we been doing? Have we been submitted? Maybe, maybe not. One of the biggest problems with, with Bible reading and studying is not the reading or the studying aspect. The biggest challenge is applying it. <laughs> I can read the Bible all day long, but if I don't apply it, what good does it do me, right? So it goes back to what we've been talking about. It goes back to our egos. It, talk, it goes back to the overall uh, attitude of submission, we are to submit to our li ourselves to Christ in all areas and all ways. What does this really look like? What does this really look like when we are to be submissive to each other? I'll tell you what it isn't, guys. In Ephesians chapter 5, 25 and 28, you can put it up, I'm not going to read it, but it talks about loving your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her and all this other stuff. I'll tell you what it isn't. It isn't being yes men to whatever your wives say. It isn't taking off your pants and giving them to her and let her wear the pants of the family. That's not the point. It's not the point of this at all. It's that we are to love our wives as Christ loved the church. How did Christ love the church? Did Christ love the church by saying yes to everything the church wanted? Did Christ love the church by being a yes God? Whatever you say, God, whatever you say, church, yes, I'll give you whatever you want. No. See, that's not the way Christ loved the church. Christ loved the church enough to die for the church. He loved the church enough to say no to the church. He loved the church enough to be a good example for the church. So husbands, when you say submit to your wives, and, hus and wives hear this as well, don't don't misinterpret this to say, okay, now that you're submitting to me, now you're going to do whatever I tell you to do. That's not the point. It's a misunderstanding of God's word. We are to give up our authority by taking the role of servanthood. We are to serve, but that doesn't turn us into yes men or yes women or it doesn't change the role of man and woman. No more than it changed the role from Jesus loving the church to all of a sudden the church controlling Jesus. Jesus is the head of the church. 
The man is the head of the household as long as the man loves the household like Jesus loved the household. Lots of work there. Jesus' act of submission is the reason we're here today. If Jesus wouldn't have submitted and remained submitted, then you and I would not be in this church or this church meeting would be nothing to us. It's only because Jesus was the perfect model of submission. Otherwise, we would be hopelessly condemned. We would have no hope. If Jesus wouldn't have gone through with what, with what he did, he would have no hope. Jackie, if you'd come, we'll close this. I want to go back and I want to read the verse again. Verse John, uh, uh, I'm sorry, John 5, 19. Jesus gave him this answer. Very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his father doing because whatever the father does, the son does also. If we could grasp that, folks, if we could really understand that my role as a Christian man and a Christian woman is to follow Jesus and make him my heart's desire and then ask him to give me the words, give me the instruction, give me what he wants me to do this day and then for me to obediently follow it. If I could get that, I would have a better life. Not necessarily an easier life. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying it would be a better life because it would be a life based on eternity. It would, be a, it would be a life based on complete obedience. And when I have complete obedience in my life, I can be assured that I will hear the Lord say, well done, thou good and faithful. This morning, as we take the time to reflect on our own lives right now, and as we end this service, I want to give all of us an opportunity this morning. If you are struggling in submitting any area of your life, the number one step is humility. And I'm going to ask you to do something really hard right now. But nobody said it was going to be easy. But I'm going to ask you, if you are struggling in an area of submission, of anything, I would like you to stand up and come to the front. And with that act of humility, you're going to say, Father, I am taking a step. I am understanding that I need to be humble before you as the first step of my submission. I cannot be submission submissive to you if I'm proud in my heart. This morning, if you want this, this is the first step. And if you don't do this, how in the world are you going to go out today and say, Father, I'm submitting to you when I wasn't humble enough to come up and admit it today? Nobody said it was going to be easy, folks. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. Lord, and I stand here along with all these other people and I say, I need you. I need areas in my life where I struggle in submission with my wife, with you, with other areas. And I need you, Father, to completely free me. I take this as the first step of submission. Tomorrow there's going to be another step of submission. 
Tuesday, there's going to be another step of submission. And so on, day by day by day, we are going to continue to walk it out and develop a lifestyle of submission to you, coming under your mission, coming under your calling, your authority in my life. Father, forgive me. I repent. Pray these words to yourself and the words that you can say these things and say things like this. I repent. I turn away. I turn around. And now I follow you, Jesus. As much as it's going to cost me, I'm going to follow you in this area of submission. I am going to use you as my example. And I need the power of the Holy Spirit in me to help me in this because I cannot do it alone. And I'm going to trust you, Holy Spirit, to lead me in the paths of righteousness and holiness and good decisions because I know that I am a weak man or a weak woman. But Father, as I trust you, my strength is complete. My integrity becomes complete as I trust you. In Jesus' name. Would you all stand with me now, please? And we're going to sing a song of Jackie's playing. And I I just keep the altars open. Remember, let me just say this one thing. Remember, Jesus needed to complete the submissive act. Coming from heaven to earth wasn't enough. He had to walk it out. He had to die to himself. And you and I must die to ourselves in the same act of submission that Jesus did if this is going to make any difference in our life. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Let's sing.
the Lord has impressed upon me again this morning that this is step one of victory. This morning, whatever you're struggling with, and maybe you're not even up here, maybe you're still in your seat, maybe the Lord's still dealing with, with you on some things, but whatever you're struggling with, you must make it known to somebody else. You must become accountable to somebody. It's not enough to come up on a Sunday morning and have an emotional response and then go live on Monday and Tuesday like Sunday never happened. You must take this with you today. This must be one of those lingering messages that you just can't get out of your mind because that's a, day, that's a lifestyle of submission. So if you're having a struggle in any area, you need to talk to somebody. Be careful who that is, but find somebody that you can pray with, somebody that you can trust. If you're having a problem between you and your spouse, maybe it's not your spouse right now. Maybe it's another man or another woman. But find somebody that you can become accountable to and say, I'm struggling in this area of submission and I'm not going to give the devil any more authority in it. I'm going to take it over by the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to declare it to be done and over because I am tired of playing the game of who's boss. I must give my life to Jesus totally and completely. I'm available. Call me. I'll pray with you anytime. Or find somebody else. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, I bless these people today. Lord, as we go to our homes today, I bless the progress. I bless the steps that have been taken. And I pray, God, that you would protect them today as they go out into their worlds today, that the devil would no longer have access to this area, that you would protect them by your power, that the blood of Christ would flow over your children today, and you would give them victory after victory after victory as we learn to submit unto your goodness and your grace. Protect them. Love them. Bless them. In Jesus' name, amen.